Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is episode 18. Got lots to cover. We're going to be talking some Texas Tech football. We're going to talk some Matt Wells uh, issues. We're going to talk some Tech basketball. Do all sorts of information on Star Trek. We got Lower Decks Prodigy Discovery. I'm going to give you my review of the latest Halloween movie. And I'm going to give you my crown jewel predictions. And then we're going to, we are adding a new segment this week called the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. So thanks for tuning in this week. Make sure you're telling your friends about the Chris Carpenter Show. And let's get started. So Tech Football is currently playing right now. They are playing Kansas. And I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I don't really care about this week's game. If they win, it's expected because Kansas is awful. If they lose, I don't really want to invest three hours of my time watching them lose to Kansas and watching the Kansas fans storm the field for beating Texas Tech. So I don't think there's really any good that's going to come of today's game. Um, The next big test is Kansas State, and the way this team is trending, I don't see them beating Kansas State. I don't see them winning another game this year other than today's game. So we're not looking too good. We'll just say that. Um, The defense has looked horrible. Um, If I'm a opposing coach, I am handing the ball off every single down, and I will go for it on every single fourth down with this defense because they're terrible. So, I mean, at this point, November 9th, basketball starts. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Matt Wells, and I'm not going to talk about firing him or anything like that. That's That conversation's going to work out one way or the other at the end of the season. But I want to talk about what happened this week on Matt Wells' radio show. And Matt Wells uh, was asked a very softball question, quite frankly, and he couldn't answer it. And the softball question that he was asked was, What does he like best about Lubbock? And he couldn't answer the question. You are the head football coach at this institution, Texas Tech University, and you cannot answer the question, what do you like best about living in Lubbock? We got a problem. Um, This is coupled with the fact that There was an article this week in The Athletic, and it was basically talking about what are the hardest college football jobs, and Texas Tech was mentioned. And the anonymous source that was quoted basically said, it's impossible to recruit there. And this has been a a discussion last few days, Uh, I'll, I'll credit Ryan Hyatt and his of Raiderland show, Raiderland podcast, Raiderland uh, daily pro- uh, broadcast. Um, one of his questions, I think it was Thursday night, was why is it so hard to win Texas Tech football? Because Tech has had success in other sports. I mean, they're two years removed from going to the national championship in basketball. They have, this last decade, been a consistent world college world series um, goer. They've won a national championship in women's basketball. They've won a national championship in track. 
They've consistently won big in track last 20 years with uh, Coach Kitley. They're very solid in tennis, golf. They came very close to winning a national championship this year. Um, soccer, they've been consistently good since uh, Coach Stone has been there. What's the issue with football? I will tell you this. I do not buy into the argument, well, it's hard to recruit to Lubbock. And I know people that don't live around here have this image of Lubbock that it's some dusty, middle-of-the-nowhere area. It smells. There's nothing to do. That's a misguided um, label of this area. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ames, Iowa. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Lawrence, Kansas. Actually, I'll take that one back because they stink in football. Even Auburn, Alabama. And I, I spent a summer in Auburn. Loved living there. It's a great community. But Lubbock has things that those communities don't. For one thing, Lubbock has an international airport. I don't live in Lubbock. I live out. I live in one of the towns around Lubbock. Um, but I can hop in my car, drive with basically no traffic. It takes me about thirty-five to 40, 45 minutes to get the get to the Lubbock International Airport. I can hop on a plane and go anywhere. Yeah, I mean you have to change planes, usually in Dallas, but that is what it is. Lubbock's, I know people say, well, Lubbock is so far away from every other metropolitan area. You're about five hours from Oklahoma City. You are about five hours from the Metroplex. Four and a half from Fort Worth, um, really. Um, You are about five, six hours from El Paso. You are about four or five hours from Albuquerque. You're not the middle in the middle of nowhere. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. The nearest metropolitan city, I grew up in El Paso. The nearest major city was 12 hours away. And I could get to California quicker than I could get to Dallas Fort Worth from El Paso. They were both uh, a little over 12 hours away. So this image and people from Lubbock, a lot of people from Lubbock have this mentality about this area and certainly people that don't live in Lubbock have this mentality about this area this image of that Lubbock is some dusty old town smells bad all the time it's windy all the time and it's we're just backwoods podunk it's just not true um this whole idea of there's never anything to do in Lubbock that's not true um you know I like I said I don't live in Lubbock I live outside of Lubbock um and I live in a smaller town I still find ways to keep myself busy most weekends. Um, there's always something to do. And I, that, that argument, by the way, of there's nothing to do in fill-in-the-blank town you live in. You know, to me, that, that speaks of someone that is just always looking for the next big thing and is never happy. Because you can always find something to do with your time um, no matter where you live. Um, I lived, you know, I lived in a town of 8,000 people. Uh, my first two years teaching. And I always found something to do even there. And I, I mean, it was a town that I was 100 
miles away from the nearest metropolitan area. Uh, the, the town didn't even have a Walmart. I had to literally go into Kansas to go to Walmart. It was about 45 minutes away. But I still found ways to stay busy. So this, this, this idea of there's nothing to do in Lubbock, we're just some sort of backwards town, this is just not true. And, you know, if we have a coaching staff that views living in Lubbock as a liability, then they're not the right coaching staff. I could guarantee you Coach Kitley doesn't view living in Lubbock as a liability. And he has brought these top-notch, I mean, athletes that have competed in the Olympics has brought us a national championship. He doesn't view Lubbock, living in Lubbock as a liability. Tim Tadlock certainly doesn't. You know, Mark Adams doesn't. You know, even country club Judas Beard. I don't think he viewed living in Lubbock as a liability. He just has a big ego, and he had to go see if he could turn around, you know, Austin, which he'll be sorely mistaken. February 1st is coming. Um, So I don't view Texas Tech as a hard place to win in college football. The amount of money that's been poured in facilities here is insane. I mean, they are they are breaking ground on a $50 million football training center. They have built an indoor practice facility that's second to none. Jones AT&T Stadium is a fantastic stadium. It's one of the best stadiums in the Big 12. The money has been there. What hasn't been there is they've made some bad hires. Well, and they made a big mistake. And the big mistake, 2009, and I'm going to bring it up again. I'm sure people can, you know, say I'm wrong. I'm not. Running off Mike Leach, we're still feeling the effects of that today. You know, and you can say, oh, well, Leach only, you know, on average won seven or eight games. 2008 was an aberration. I've heard, I've heard those arguments. Well, he had, he was able to have a four-game non-conference schedule. He won here. He found ways to win. And Tech football has not had that since they ran him off. They made a mistake, and they thought, you know, the, the moron Ken Hance, who, by the way, doesn't even live here anymore. He sold his soul to Austin, too. Thought, oh, we could just replace Leach, and we'll have a championship-winning team. We tried that. We got Tuberville. That didn't work out. In fact, he didn't want to be here either. And he he literally slipped out of the restaurant and left recruits holding the bag. That was a bad hire. We followed up with, and I, I have a lot of respect for for him, and I wish it would have worked out, but we, far, we, we followed it up by hiring Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. And Cliff Kingsbury was not ready to be a head coach And I think his skill set is not conducive to be a college football coach. He does not like to recruit. He's made that clear. He's a better NFL football coach, and that's certainly been proven this year. And by the way, Cliff, best I'm sure you're listening to the Chris Carpenter show, Cliff, but best wishes. Uh, He's going to miss tomorrow's game. Uh, He's been he's got test positive for covid. Um, so best wishes, Cliff, and come back soon. 
I'm really sad that you're not going to be able to play Baker because I'd love for you to beat Baker. But, you know, get well soon. But he he was not a good hire. And the biggest mis- mistake Kirby Holcutt made with Cliff was Cliff had started out 7-0, and then proceeded to lose five in a row to end the season, then won his bowl game. And for some reason, Kirby Holcutt thought that deserved a massive contract extension, which probably kept Cliff around two to three years later than he should have been. You know, we we had Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback at Texas Tech for two years. The best record we could get was seven and six with Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback. Cliff made some bad decisions hiring staff. His first defensive coordinator showed up to work drunk and then proceeded to give away all the defensive scheme plans to our opposing teams. And he's working at UTEP now, by the way. So uh, UTEP fans, I'd watch out for him. Um, Cliff made some really bad hires. He wasn't ready to be a head coach, and I, I ultimately I don't think he has the skill set to coach in college. I think he is a better pro football coach. He does. He has been on record. He doesn't like to recruit. So we fired him, and I think we were a lot of us were sad because we like Cliff. I always like Cliff. Cliff is one of the classiest people in coaching in football. I mean, one of the things he's doing this year. Every Arizona Cardinal win, he is donating money to the Team Luke charity. And if you don't know the story of Team Luke and Luke uh, uh, Luke Siegel, I, I would encourage you to look it up. Cliff is a very classy guy, but, you know, he was not the right fit to coach here. And that hire set us back. And, you know, we had a chance to bring on several coaches back in 2018 when the change was made. And Kirby Holcutt was very steadfast that there was only one guy he wanted, and that was Matt Wells. And to me, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens at you know, the end of the season, I'm not calling to fire him now. I'm, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think you see how the season works out. Now, if he loses to Kansas today, maybe maybe another decision needs to be made. But I, the way it looks right now, that was a bad hire. I think Tech has made some bad decisions in the post-Leach era. And they're very reticent also to even honor what happened in the Leach era, which I think needs to change. Um. You know, people can make fun of me and about the pirate curse. I'm not necessarily on board that. I think they should pay Leach what he's owed, and he certainly owed the 2009 season. And all these people that want to argue and say, oh, Leach wasn't really that good, blah, blah, blah. He won games. He made tech football relevant, and we had a bunch of idiot administrators that thought they knew better, and this is where we've been at. You know, for the last going on 12 years. 
there's no excuse. There's no excuse for Tech football to struggle to beat Kansas and to be in the bottom tier of the Big 12. The amount of money, the amount of resources this university and this athletic department has poured into football, they should at least be on par with where Oklahoma State is. It's the almost we have almost the same similar situation as Oklahoma State. We are a state school. We're not the state school. So we're not the the big state school. We're in a community that's um, a little bit small. But we have a very passionate fan base. We have the resources. I don't buy it's hard to recruit to Lubbock. How does how do I how does Iowa State win? Tuscaloosa, Alabama is known beautiful city. Athens, Georgia, I would seem to get think that that's probably not some fantastic city with all this sort of nightlife. I've been to Tuscaloosa. I can tell you, it's it's small. T- it looks. I mean, it looks to be like a small town. Yeah, they got Alabama there. I spent a summer in Auburn, and I enjoyed living in Auburn, but. Lubbock has things Auburn doesn't. I don't buy the argument. It's hard to recruit to Lubbock. We've made some bad decisions with the football program, and we've ex- we're experiencing the consequences of those bad decisions. We're not the only program, by the way, that's done that. You look at University of Tennessee. Look at University of Nebraska. They made that bad. They've made bad decisions too, and they have taken their programs to irrelevancy. So. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. Like I said, I don't care about today's game. Today's game's a no-win scenario. If you win, you're supposed to win. If you lose, oh, we're in deep, we're in deep dire straits if we lose. I'll just say that. So anyway, enough about tech football. <laughs> you know, their, their season will work itself out. Let's talk a little bit of tech basketball. Uh, we had some big news this week. Uh, we had the preseason Big 12 uh, rankings come out, and Tech is picked to finish in fourth. Um, It's Kansas at number one. It's University of Texas at number two. It's Baylor, who is the defending national champions, at number three. And then you've got Tech at number four. I think a couple things about it. Number one, you know, a lot of people thought, well, Tech basketball is going to fall off the river, fall off the cliff without uh, Judas Country Club Beard. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think Mark Adams was a fantastic hire. He has brought in some great recruits, and he's building next year's recruiting class right now with some impressive guys. Uh, he's brought in a great staff. I'm real excited to see them this year. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to surprise some people. Um, I think that February first, the reckoning is going to happen. Um, but you know, basketball is going to be exciting this year at Tech, which. Can't wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be great. Um, They're going to be fun to watch. So um, certainly can't wait for that. November 9th is their first game. They'll play North Florida, and they'll be off to the races. So let's talk a little bit of Star Trek. Um, We had the Lower Decks season finale this week. Overall, pretty solid season finale. Overall, pretty solid season for Lower Decks, and it ended on a cliffhanger. So we're going to have to wait. I, I anticipate... We will probably have to wait till next August for the season three of Lower Decks to premiere. Should be fun, but 
overall great season with Lower Decks. Um, we're going to have a week off of Star Trek this week, and then Prodigy will premiere with an hour-long episode on the 28th. And we got some news uh, last week's New York Comic Con that Chakotay, and there had been uh, Chakotay, the guy that plays in Robert Beltram, Beltron himself, basically spoiled the surprise, but um, there had been some, obviously some news dropped about that, but he is going to be back for Prodigy, so it should be interesting to see. He's going to be playing Captain Chakotay, so should are we going to see an appearance from the USS Voyager itself? We'll see. They also announced Jason Alexander, Mr. George Costanza himself, is going to be uh, playing a part uh, on Prodigy, so that should be fun as well. I'm really intrigued to see this, and it's um, they've done a really good job of dropping just little hints and nuggets on what we're going to see. Um, I know it's a kid's show, but I think there's going to be some things that even adult Star Trek fans, especially fans of Voyager, are going to really like, uh, with both Janeway and Chakotay being on Prodigy. They also dropped a new trailer for Star Trek Discovery, which will be premiering on November the 18th. We are going to have two Star Trek shows on at the same time when that happens. First time since the 90s. And a couple things. There was a lot of buzz about the Ferengi guy. I think the Ferengi guy looks fine, honestly. I mean, I know they said, oh, his makeup changed. Well, I mean, the Klingon's makeup changed too and whatever. Um, the, the interesting thing to me with Discovery is we're doing another anon. An, anomaly storyline and you know that was kind of the thing with the burn with the with the red uh what was the thing the red stars or whatever from season two um how many times can we have an anomaly that's threatening the universe so uh, hopefully there's more to the story um we'll see what happens but i'll be watching you know discovery I would say of the new Star Trek's Discovery is probably my least favorite. Um, I like Lower Decks and then Picard. Um, but I have enjoyed several episodes of Discovery, several stories they've done. Uh, but there's been some other things that I, I they did that were a little baffling to me. But um, still intrigued to watch. We'll see what happens um, with that. Uh, that's, the, that's been the big Star Trek news this week. Let's move on to my Halloween review and... Let's talk about the Halloween movie. I went and saw it last night. Got to go to Alamo Draft House for the first time uh, since they closed. Um, they closed last year, and they're open back up. A couple things uh, with Alamo. Uh, they still need to replace their chairs. They need to try and go to those recliner chairs. That's that's their weakness. Um, everything else, if they did that, they would be, I mean, golden. Um, Halloween Kills. It's a bad movie, folks. Um, the storyline is awful. They're, I guess we're back to Michael Myers being a supernatural force again, um, which that usually with horror movies with me, once that happens, I'm done. Um, I think everybody in the Halloween movies has terrible aim with guns. It's just funny to watch at this point. And they just, there was just so many times in the movie that they inexplicably did something that made zero sense. And what it led to was them getting murdered by Michael Myers. 
So it's just one of those, and I know that's horror movies. Horror movies, you have to check, you know, reality at the door and <laughs> just just know that they're going to do weird things that make zero sense. Um, wasn't a good movie. Watch it. If you have Peacock, watch it so you just laugh. Um, also, they, they, they're going down the road of that. the worst part of Michael Byers is what he – what he basically makes other people do. And they did this whole mob thing. It was just, no. <laughs> and I don't know why they're doing another one next year because what else could they do? Um, it's time to put Michael Myers to bed. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's done. It's jumped the shark. It's not good, you know? So if you got Peacock, go watch it. If you've got, if you've got a, you know, free gift cards, go watch it. But otherwise, you know, don't don't drop a whole bunch of money on this movie because it's it's rough. So let's end with uh, let's end this segment with the crown jewel predictions. So coming up this Thursday is the crown jewel pay-per-view. Um, they're back in Saudi Arabia. I know that's for a lot of people. That's controversial. I would agree with you, but they're they're back. So let's look at our predictions, see what. I think is going to happen on this pay-per-view. So we're going to start with Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. I think Mansoor is going to win because he's from Saudi Arabia. It'd be uh, That's a good opener match to get the crowd excited. So I think Mansoor wins. We've got the Raw Tag Team Champions of RK-Bro taking on AJ Styles and Omos. Um, I think RK-Bro wins. And I think Omos is going to turn on AJ Styles. I think it's time for Omos to embark on a singles career. Um, and I think it's time for them to pull the trigger on that. We've got Edge versus Seth Rollins in a hell in a cell match. I think Edge will win. This is the blow off to their feud. They're, um, I, th- I think they're going their separate ways. I think, well, they're both on Raw, aren't they? But I think, yeah, hell in a cell, that's the blow off to the feud. I think Edge Edge does win it here. Um, you know, Seth Rollins has been doing all his heelish tactics, breaking into Edge's house, all that sort of stuff. I think he's got to get his comeuppance, and that'll happen uh, with Edge winning. Uh, we've got Goldberg versus Bobby. Yeah, I'm, I'm groaning because it's Goldberg. Uh, please, Bobby Lashley, just beat him. I, I'm, I'm over Goldberg. Goldberg was cool in the 90s. He did his, you know, shtick. Who's next? Spear, Jackhammer, go undefeated. But I'm over him. I'd honestly, I'd rather see any of the old guys wrestle more than Goldberg. Heck, pull Hulk Hogan out. He can't even do leg drop, and I'd rather see him than Goldberg. Um, So Bobby Lashley, please win. Put us out of our, our misery here with Goldberg. Um, one of the intriguing matches, I think, is Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. We've got a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky's the champion. She's also now on Raw. Uh, so is Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks is staying on SmackDown. So I think you can do one of two things here. Um, I think you could have Sasha Banks win. Maybe she... Um, I don't think she's going to pin Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch will not get the pin. So... Sorry, Bianca Belair. I think you end up uh, taking the pin in this scenario. Um, and so Sasha Banks will be the SmackDown champion. 
The other scenario is we could go down the route of what we did last year with the tag team titles um, and just have some sort of switch where Charlotte becomes the SmackDown champion and Becky becomes the Raw champion because they did switch brands. Um, What that will take is, you know, Charlotte not dropping the title anytime soon, which I think at this point, after... Crown Jewel, the brand it, the brand split is in place. So I think because of that, unless unless Charlotte drops the title on Raw to a SmackDown star, which they I guess they could go that route, I think you will see or excuse me, what did I say? That if Charlotte doesn't drop the Raw women's title on Monday, this Monday on Raw then I think you will see Sasha Banks get the pin. Um, And Becky will move on to feud with whoever the Raw champion is. So that's kind of what my gut is at this point. We've got, for the WWE title, we've got Big E taking on Drew McIntyre. Um, Here's where the the championship matches, it's going to depend on whether or not they keep where they want to keep the championships on the specific brand that they're on right now. So right now you've got the WWE title on raw. You've got the universal title on SmackDown. If they want to keep it that way, then logically Big E should win. I lead towards Big E winning, not just because of that, but I, I think I would like for him to have a longer title reign than, you know, what he has right now. So I think Big E wins. Um, Because of that, you've got Roman Reigns taking on Brock Lesnar. I think Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar here. Um, And I think Brock goes on to Raw and and possibly you might see Brock versus Big E, which are we going to end up with a Kofi Kingston situation? I hope not. But I think Brock will end up going to Raw when this is all said and done. And You know, Roman Reigns, it's not time for him to lose yet and certainly not lose to Brock Lesnar, who, as far as I know, is going to be a part-time guy. So I would not give him, um, I would not give him another uh, reign as champion at this point. So that's my predictions. Uh, We'll we'll have Survivor Series coming up pretty quickly. It'll be interesting to see, are they going to go the SmackDown versus Raw route that they've been doing the last few years? Um, But we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to end with a new segment I like to call the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. And uh, I am introducing a new segment this week on the Chris Carpenter Show. It is called the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my tip of the week is I'm going to talk about a habit that I have in my personal life that I do every day, um, and that is you need to try and get at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. So if you have a Fitbit, uh, Fitbit, excuse me, or an Apple Watch, um, you can actually track this on the on those devices. But um, I love walking. I love going for walks in the park, um, sticking in my AirPods, putting my hat on, getting some sunshine. It really relaxes me. And, you know, even on in the midst of teaching and, and everything that, that that entails, 
I, I love being able to to do that um, and get some it really relaxes me overall. Um, so just find find some time to do a little bit of exercise. I'm not I'm certainly not a gym rat um, but I love to get a good walk in um, at least 30 minutes. It, you know another thing that I like to do um, is I have a Wii and one of the things on my Wii that I have are some dance games and love to do some of those dance games, get some movement going. But um, it just really helps de-stress you, especially you have if you have a rough day or or uh, sometimes I even like to walk in the morning. I'll, I'll get I'll get to my school early and you know get a get a little bit of of maybe fifteen twenty minutes of just walking around, clearing my head. Um, this is this is something that, like I said, it's a really good way to de-stress yourself. But um, you know, it relaxes me. I love to listen to music. Uh, crank up some George Strait or any sort of country music um, to, when I do that. But that's my tip of the week. Just find some time. And I know we're, we're moving into the colder, colder months. You can always bundle up, get some sunshine still. Um, but that is the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. Um, thank you so much for listening this week. And I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter Show.